Hey friends, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist on mission to bridge the gap between mental and emotional health and faith. This show is a safe and often fun space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Remember, these episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your own therapist. You can tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes that are always 15 minutes or less. And on Wednesdays, we sprinkle in guest interviews with people that I feel have a story that can bring you hope, healing, inspiration, or just a good laugh. Be sure you stick around to the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Well, the day that this particular episode releases is May 4th, and it happens to be my birthday that I share with my son. And do you know the very best gift that you could give me? You could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast or share your favorite episode of this show with a friend. You can do that privately via text message. Or if you want to do it on social media, just be sure you tag me at Rachel J. Gilbert so I can see it. Well, Mother's Day is right around the corner, so I brought a powerful mother-daughter combo on for today's episode. We are chatting with Blythe Daniel and her mom, Dr. Helen McIntosh, and this is all about this foundational relationship, and here are a few few of the things that we chatted about. What makes this mother-daughter relationship great, how to invest in it, practical communication skills, and what to do if you don't have a great relationship with your mom or child. Let me tell you a little bit about each of these ladies. Blythe Daniel is a literary agent and marketer. She's written for Proverbs 31 Ministries, Focus on the Family, and Voskamp in Christian Retelling. Her agency represents books to publishers. Her mom, Dr. Helen McIntosh, is a counselor, speaker, educator, and author of Messages to Myself and Eric, Jose and the Peace Rug. Her work has appeared in Guidepost, Parent Life, and Home Life magazines. Together, Blythe and Helen have written, I Love You, Mom, and that's what we're talking about today, and then Mended, Restoring the Hearts of Mothers and Daughters. I had them on the show to talk about that book as well. Guys, you need that book, and you also need to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it. Please help me welcome this powerful mother-daughter team to the show. Well, I am honored to be sitting here with two guests today, both of which I've had on the podcast before. If you missed that episode, I want to encourage you to go back and listen. I am sitting with Helen and her daughter, Life. And your first book that we talked about was Mended. And now we're here to talk about another book that you've recently written. But first of all, just welcome to the show, ladies. Thank (laughs) you so much. Yeah, it's not often I have guests back a second time, so that's saying something about you two. <laughs> you're very, you're very wise. I had a fun time with you, and um, the listeners loved y'all the first time we brought you on. So my listeners know that one of the questions I like to ask guests is maybe a fun fact about you that we wouldn't have read on your professional bio. But since you two are a mother-daughter combination, I thought it might be fun for you to tell the listeners maybe a fun or a good memory that you have with each other or something you've done together in the past that you just gives you all the warm fuzzies or makes you laugh or something like that you want to share with us. 
Well, I'll start. And this is Blythe. And one of the things that I have good memories over that we still do to this day is paint in my parents' dining room. We put like a shower curtain on top of their nice table and we just let the paint go. And mom is a great painter and she inspires me and my children to just um, be creative. And so that's one of the fun memories that we have is, is painting and crafting together. Thank you, Blythe. Now this is her mother. <laughs> one of our very most creative and fun memories is to make Christmas cookies. And she, luckily for me, blessings it is, I should say, not luck, that Blythe and her family are with us every Christmas. So we love doing the the Christmas cookies and the recipes that my mother and grandmother use. So we are generational in our cookies. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's great fun. That's so fun. I love that you said that you're blessed to get to spend the holidays together because I think that's probably a, another reason I have invited you two to come back on the show more than once is because you just exude something that I know so many people want to have. And it's it's a healthy relationship between the mother and the daughter. You know, that's not something that everybody gets to have. And so I love letting you two speak into this area. So this most re recent book that you've done can you tell us about it? And actually, it's a devotional, right? That's right, Rachel. Mom and I started asking the question, what do moms need that they can't get anywhere else? And we just thought through this idea of word gifts, which is really a characteristic or an attribute that can be traced to scripture. It's a character quality that we want moms to know. And um, just to kind of share a little bit about why we feel like moms a lot of times do the hard work, but they don't really get to hear how thankful that their daughter or their son is for the work that they do. They don't get recognized a lot of times. And so it helps relationships, even distant relationships to be able to say, I recognize you. You are a servant. You are sacrificial. You're a provider. You're fearless. Like speaking words of life over a mom really does do something inside of her heart and inside of our heart to be able to, to say those words, to release those words over her. So the book has 25 word gifts that we've also put a story with from our own life or from the Bible, biblical characters and a scripture just to hang on to. Cause sometimes all we need is just some encouragement to keep mm -hmm. going. Absolutely. And I love how intentional that is. It took me becoming a mom to realize how many things I was thankful for with my mom. You know, like uh, growing up, you don't always see all the things they do or maybe you don't recognize them as being a big deal. And then once I became a mom, I can't tell you the number of times I've had to be like, mom, thank you for all the <laughs> things you did from making dinner to washing my clothes or just for being there for me. And you just don't always see that. And then even once you do see it, then it kind of sometimes can be hard to put words to that. So I love Love how intentional that is. You started to touch on this a bit, Blythe, that, um, you know, what, an innate desire of every mom is to know that her job was and is being done well. Do you feel, and it, you, like I said, you started to touch on this, and I don't know if you guys want to say anything more to this of like how many moms, as you've, you know, written this book and you've observed in your own life, just feel like, I don't think I'm doing a very good job. I think I'm failing here. <laughs> like, can you speak into that? Yes, I, I will start and then mom can share her thoughts too. But I feel like um, so many of us just go through 
the motions and we don't often hear from our child unless there's maybe a problem. And, and we think, well, is that the only reason that they want me is to help them solve this problem or maybe bail them out of some situation. And, you know, those moments when I feel like if I can even speak a word of hope and life over my kids, it causes them to want to be able to, to say those words to me. And it's, to me, it's good modeling of if we can be the ones that are the pace setters as moms, even to speak some words over our children, it causes them to want to say, well, I love you too, or I see this about you as well. And so I just feel like as we create a bond and a legacy in our families, that us being the initiators of sharing words helps our children be able to speak these words back to us. Mom has a lot more experience as a counselor like you, Rachel, to share. Um, She mentioned legacy. And Rachel, we are calling this an intentional calling of women to into a legacy of love. It is so vital in these days where our culture is coming against the role of mother. And we're just in a terribly dark time. And so we really would love for mothers to be encouraged to pass love messages up and down the generations ahead of them and behind them, and that may it multiply. I know in Isaiah, it speaks so much of restoration and rebuilding and repairing the breaches. And so our heart really is that even if mothers and daughters are in a difficult relationship, or an uh-oh season, shall we say, we wrote the book so that it could be handed to the weary one. And uh, you wouldn't have to say a whole lot, but it, it would be a love offering that really does make a difference. Somebody needs to step up. and <laughs> We're calling to the hearts of women to be the one to step up regardless of how difficult the relationship has been. I know that's your heart too, isn't it, Rachel? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up such a great point. So I would love for you to speak into the life of the listener who says, man, I I want to pass that on to my kids, but I didn't experience that, you know, that they maybe didn't experience that. And they're what was passed down to them. How can they do things differently on something they've never even been taught? Thank you. Uh, Well, I had a very difficult relationship with my mother, and I was thinking about it even last night, and I thought, you know, I have forgotten to share that I got to lead my mother to Christ in spite of the very difficult times when she would uh, unleash torrents of angry speech at me, abusive, I would call it. I kept, God just gave me the, the desire to to start again. And I encourage your listeners to do that. Even if the relationship is difficult, please start again. Um, Some fresh manna here, Rachel. I just, the Lord gave me a word picture just a couple of weeks ago. You know, we, when we're in a difficult relationship, we tend to blame the the other person. (laughs) And God wanted me to uh, pass along the reminder of Matthew 7 about the log in your own eye. And he said, picture a tennis court and 
all that I want you to concentrate on is your side of the net (laughs) and settling what you need to and cleaning up what you need to. And instead of looking at the other person across the net and blaming them, and I could have done that. I could have had a lot of pity parties with my difficult relationship with my mom, but I wanted to have no regrets. And so I did many things just because it was the right thing to do. And so listeners, if if that is your situation, I I pray that you would ask God to give you the, the desire and the energy to begin again and to be, be willing to offer love. We just don't want to ever have uh, any regrets. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for sharing that piece, because I think that is worthy of repeating, just so listeners are clear, that I'm sitting here interviewing a mother-daughter relationship that is very healthy, and you know, you do have a good relationship, and I'm sure just like any relationship, you've you know, had to work through things, because we're all humans, right? Um, but you have a healthy relationship, so, you, so you're able to do that. But that wasn't always the case for you, Helen. And so I want, I just want to highlight that with your mom, you know, because I want to highlight that because I think it's easy for us to see mother-daughter relationships like you two and go, well, that must be nice. You've never experienced anything rough or you've never, you know, like that can't be for me, but maybe it's not for you with your mother, but man, you can change what you pass on. Like today can be the day that you Mm -hmm. say, okay, that wasn't what I got to experience, but as far as, you know, my household and my, the future generations to come, things are going to be different. So can you speak into any practical tips? I mean, one thing I heard that you did was, of course, your relationship with the Lord enabled you to, like you said, I love that visual, take care of things on your side of the net. You know, I'm like, that's so good. That's so good. Can you, like if somebody's listening and they're going, yeah, I have a really broken relationship with my mom, where can they start on taking care of their side of the net? (laughs) Oh, good, good question. There is a psychological phenomenon that Rachel and I have studied a great deal, and that is called patterning. And this means that we sometimes focus on the other side of the net to such a great extent that we will end up repeating that behavior. I mean, that sounds crazy, but it happens all the time. And so another word picture that God has given me that I use all the time to keep myself straight is two cups bumping, meaning two individuals having a difficult relationship. But what comes out is what is your heart, what is in your heart. And so I draw little hearts on each cup. And the verse that goes with that is the Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. And so it's so important to think through, now, why did I do that? Or what did I say? And Blythe, I have never shared with you, but there's so many texts that I have started and I just delete because it sounded like I was going to tell you what to do or I just want to be so careful with every word. There's a a standout verse about words bringing life or death, and that's Proverbs 18.21. And I only want to give her words of life. And we we say often, don't we, Blythe, that the relationship is more important than differences of opinion. So I 
never want to overshare with life and indicate to her in any way that she can't handle something. So <laughs> keep deleting girls. <laughs> that that helps the relationship. That's good. When in doubt, don't press send. <laughs> yeah, that's so great. Blythe, I would love to hear then your perspective as the daughter of a mom who was, you know, making a shift, a generational shift in the way she did things. What was it like to be on the receiving end of that? And did you even know that was a thing that was happening? That's a, that's a great thought because I, I really didn't probably understand fully as I was growing up the ways that mom was being intentional with me. Um, I mean, I certainly saw the way that her mom responded to her or treated her at times, um, and that bothered me. But the way that my mom and my dad brought conversation into our family, it was so natural where they would have honest conversations with us or come to us and say, guys, is there anything that we have done that has hurt you? Or is there anything that we can do to improve upon in our relationship? Like they brought those questions to us, which gave us the freedom to respond and say, well, you know, actually this feels like you're kind of smothering us, or this feels like you're super involved and I don't want you to be as involved right now in this area. You know, so they, they brought those questions to us, which I felt like was really, really good. And the other thing that I, you know, sense that this might be helpful for someone because I have to, to watch myself in this area is instead of saying to um, a mother or to a daughter or a son, even that, you know, you should do this or today, you know, this is what you should think about. And, you know, projecting our voice onto our kids in a way that makes them feel like they don't know how to make good choices mm-hmm. or that they don't, they couldn't have come up with that on their own. I can remember sometimes feeling a little defensive like that if my mom even just spoke a, a suggestion, but it was more about my heart than it was about her. And she learned to come to me and say, is it okay if I share this with you? And I could say yes or no. So it's really honoring and, and trying to be, I think, humble before the other person. And even with my own children, I can catch myself sometimes saying, um, you should do this. And, and then I'll have to say, Oh, stop. You know, like, gosh, I, I didn't mean to say that. I wanted to rephrase what I said to you. So I'm editing myself in real time with my own kids. And I think that, um, as mom said, it's so important what we say to each other or what we do, but even when we don't get it right, we can go back and, and do a do over and, and say, I wish that I hadn't said that. I wish that I would have said this instead, or will you forgive me for my, for my heart? Will you forgive me for what I said? I I didn't want that to be the centerpiece of our relationship. And so I would say that um, for moms that want to start over, that want to have a change in their relationship, even if the other person has done a lot of harm to you, you can still be the one that goes to them in love and makes it easy for them to respond to you. So maybe this season of thinking about moms, you could even go to your mom and and just say, I realize that things haven't been the best between us. And I want to ask your forgiveness for my part in that. And it really warms each other up, you know, to, to know that the other person took that much time and care and humility to say something. And that's what we're hoping that the word gifts that we want others to to be able to share will do. Because I think sometimes when we speak a word of life over someone and we say something that says you are joyful, maybe the mom isn't joyful right now, but they want to see themselves as others perceive them. A lot of times, if a person is to speak positive over them, they want to live up to that and we'll see them rise up to the occasion. Maybe not 
but we've done everything that we can do to, as mom said, not have any regrets when we speak words of affirmation over each other. I love one theme I'm seeing that we're, we keep coming back to, and even in this book, is healthy communication. It's so huge. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you two, but I know for me, not in my personal life, as I've become a better communicator in my family, uh, in counseling, all across the board, there are so many hurts and uh, misunderstandings that if we had been better at communicating or going back, like you said, when you do make a mistake, because we will make a mistake, by the way, like I still make mistakes with my kids. And that's one thing I have learned is when I do, I just am quick to go back and say, I am so sorry. I really messed up. I should not have said that. That is so healing to the other person, but it's also teaching them communication skills that when you recognize, hey, I messed up in what I said or didn't say, and I'm going to try to fix it. Um, and you just are almost like, I almost think of it like working out a communication skill muscle. You know, the more you do it, it feels awkward at first and clunky and everything. But the more we work on communicating well, then the better we get at it. Have you two seen that to be true? I do agree with you. And one thing that I'm noticing is that we tend to speak to our children on the same level um, even when they're preteens and teenagers, just because that's how we've always spoken to them. And I'm having to adjust my wording to match their level of maturity. Mm -hmm. So no longer am I trying to say things to them that I would have said when they were younger, I'm trying to give them more independence. And so my words need to reflect that instead of, you know, telling them what to do. It's maybe asking, Hey, do you think you're going to do a little extra practice today since you missed last week? Or instead of saying you should practice more, like, you know, I, we've changed in our roles of telling our kids what to do when they're younger to now walking alongside them and, and our, our language, our conversations need to reflect this, the change in our status of our kids are getting older and making more choices on their own. And I don't know that there's a lot of discussion about that, but I've just have seen from my own mistakes that um, my children deserve to have me speak to them at a level that's appropriate for their age and their maturity, instead of me trying to stay in the past and sort of cater to them. And so that's something I'm learning. Yeah. Well, one of you said this a second ago, I think Helen, it might've been you, or maybe Blythe, you were telling a story about Helen doing this that really stuck with me and reminded me to do this with my kids. Cause I do it in other relationships, but not always with my kids. And it was, do I have permission to speak into you on this? Or yeah. do I have permission to share my you know, thoughts with you on this? Wow. That little sentence just completely lowers this defensive wall around people receiving. And, you know, maybe they are kind of like, no, Th then it's like, okay, we're not going there. But a lot, most of the time I would think we say yes, you know, but it just lowers something. So that practical tip alone, I thought was very powerful. Good. We do. We call it inviting yourself in. Oh, inviting yourself in. I love that. And um, to Bly's point, uh, we give words and, and we give messages. So the words are important, but I often ask myself, well, what is the implied message here? In other words, of my words. And I think that that's something your listeners might want to hear. Yeah. So let's talk about implied messages. Can you expand on that? Well, Blythe is so easy to love that one of my my sins is over love on on her behalf. 
but the helicopter parent or the codependent parent, it's not good. It's not healthy. So I think we're in a healthy place now, but one of the reasons that I, I got healthy in that area is because I saw that when I was trying to overhelp, that I was implying to her that she might not do it well or right. So we need to watch what the message of our help is or yeah. our, our words. Yeah, our actions are sending messages too. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, my goodness. This is so good. I would also love for you to speak into why is this mother-child relationship so foundational? Because we see when it goes wrong, it really, you know, causes a lot of problems and heartaches. Why do you think it's such a foundational relationship? Well, I just was reflecting on the verse in scripture that God you know, gave us and it, and it says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Um, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so God saw us before we were born and he, he knew who we would become and he knew who our mom would be. And so there is this bond between um, a mother and a child that comes at birth. God saw us in the womb. He knew who the mom would be. He, he knew everything about our lives. And so, so sometimes you know, I think that we appreciate that <laughs> upbringing and sometimes we don't. And, and it just, it really depends on what we've ex- experienced, but a lot of the characteristics that we have and a lot, a lot of what we carry is because of what we grew up with. And there, there is this bond there and some moms haven't had a good model. And, and so they carry that into the next generation as we've been talking about. And, and sometimes just, we just aren't equipped to know how to do things differently because it's all we've known. And I do believe that there is, you know, a way to honor and your mom and your dad, the way that scripture tells us to, but not have to take on all their characteristics. And so, um, you know, that I'm sure to to some people to say, how do you separate those two things? Because um, I I can't really honor without thinking about my upbringing. Um, And I don't have the full answer to that, but I know that scripture tells us, you know, God says, honor your father and mother, and it will be well with you. So I want to be at all times honoring, and I want to honor my children as well, because I do feel like that, again, is just this legacy of love that we want to create, that we've done everything that we can do to show honor, um, especially in a culture that honor has been lost in the family in a lot of ways. Yeah, I would love for you two to, um, or Helen, if you have anything to add to the honor piece, because I agree that's a tough one for a lot of us, or, you know, um, to know how do you honor if you don't feel like they necessarily deserve it? (laughs) Oh, I've been there, and it is a tricky place. I have always loved the song from decades ago, What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love. And we can know that, that our difficult person needs love. And honestly, that is probably why they're so cranky (laughs) because they're, they have got so much baggage and I know my mom did and she, she was difficult, but I, that someplace inside me and God was sharing with me that there was a reason for her behavior and it had nothing to do with me. So if your listeners can just separate uh, the difficult mess <laughs> from 
your relationship, be a blessing giver, a, a blessing builder. I was just for my own pleasure today looking again at Isaiah 58, 12 about repairing the breach. And then Isaiah 61, 4 about how we're anointed and called to repair and restore the ruins. And so I know there's another popular song out today that we all love, and it's the blessing in that the best song. I just love it. And it is a lot of the chatter today among believers. We recite number six. And I I just love that God promises that if we will allow him, he will give us grace and peace out of that blessing. He will bless us. And so he gives us then the opportunity to bless others. And our very last of the word gifts in our I Love You Mom book is the blessing. And we talk about how if you'll ask God, he, he will allow you to be a blessing. And, and that's how we can honor those difficult people. <laughs> yeah. I really love what you said, too, that re- recognizing that there's a reason they're acting that way and it's not because of you. Because I think that can be a message that some kids can take away of, well, if I was different, then maybe, you know, if I was better or if I was this, that or the other. And so I love that you hit on that point that it's not about you. It's, it's from their own place of hurt that they're operating. They're bumped cup. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's good. All right. Well, I'd love to end on just a high note of, do you have just any, you know, both of you can speak into this, any final words of encouragement or just something you would love to leave the listeners with today um, about being a mom or about, you know, being a daughter or wherever they may be? Well, I'll start and just say that as I've watched my children grow, I realize how quickly these years are going by and I want to be as intentional as I can be. And it's okay if we don't have everything right. Um, My daughters have been teasing me about some of the Pinterest moms that they see some of the things that are on Pinterest. And I'm like, yep, that's not me. And it's okay that we don't have everything put together and I just, I'm in a place where I really want to be more focused and intentional with my children. And and maybe that's your heart's desire. So we may need to let go of some things or we may need to put some dreams on hold to be attentive in these years with our kids um, before they may leave the home. And, And I just want you to know that you're not alone in that. And God does meet the desires of our hearts. And, and he will make a way for us when we sacrifice our time for our kids. And I believe that time will not be wasted. I, I really am intentional and want to be more so because uh, I know how important it is for moms to be present in their kids' lives. Kids just may not even ask for it, but but they light up when you ask them about their day and when you spend those, that time with them. So just want to encourage you and um in that place as in your role as a mom to know that you're making a difference and to know that you're doing it well, even if you don't necessarily hear it from your family, it's there. That's so good, Bly. And I would just add, if, if, if you feel discouraged, please take it to the Lord. He, he really will show you what's at the bottom of that. What are the issues in that discouragement? One of my favorite um, counseling verses is Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, which it uh, talks about bringing our, our thoughts captive. And if you could lasso those 
uh, thoughts and take them to God and ask him, uh, show me what is discouraging here because there's a message there, a good message that he will give you. Absolutely. And he can help us be the very best mom, very best daughter, very best, just wherever we're planted um, than we ever could be. So I love to end on that note. Well, where can the listeners connect with you two and get a copy of either of your books? Thank you. We would love to hear from anyone who wants to connect with us. We have a website and it's ourmendedhearts.com. O-U-R, mendedhearts.com. And we also are both on Facebook under our names, Blythe Daniel, Helen McIntosh, and on Instagram. And um, the book can be found at barnesandnoble.com or Amazon or christianbook.com. So we're we're just grateful. Thank you so much, Rachel, for the opportunity to share. Um, We just appreciate you so much and all that you bring and, and all that God is doing in your life as a mom and the roles that you play. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And listeners, I just want to encourage you that um, if this topic of mother-daughter stuff is of interest to you, definitely get their resources. They are uh, the best out there. And I know in 30 minutes, we can only cover so much. I have at least five questions over here that I didn't even get to. And so definitely, if you want to dig a little deeper, grab both of their books. Well, thank you both again. I appreciate you. Thank you, Rachel, so much. Thank you. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Friends, my heart hurts as I record this because I know this episode may have been tough for some of you to listen to. The recurring themes that I see in counseling are mother and father wounds. And if that's you, I am so sorry. I also want to tell you I'm proud of you for tuning in today, even if it was hard and that's a hard relationship for you. I'm just so proud of you. It was great that Helen, she's also a licensed counselor because she, throughout the episode, gave a lot of practical advice, which y'all know I love. So because she gave you so much practical advice, I'm going to leave you with a couple of words of encouragement. They're a bit practical too, but I also feel like they've got a little bit more of the encouragement piece to it. I want you to do two things for me. First, grieve the lack of the relationship with your mom if you didn't have it. You missed out. And I want you to put words to that. John Eldridge says, you can't heal trauma without grieving it. My second thing I would tell you, if you know, yeah, I've never grieved not having a good relationship with my mom, whatever your situation may have been, whether she just straight up wasn't in your life, whether she was emotionally cut off from you, whether she was physically abusive, whether you two just don't get along, whatever it might be, There's something missing there for you. So you need to grieve that if you have not ever done that. And then, of course, you know I have to tell you, consider seeing a therapist to process those wounds and to teach you and help you grieve that. One of my professors when I was in college used to tell us that we can't help others through our wounds. In other words, if you want to be the best version of yourself, take time to heal your own wounds so you don't bleed all over everyone. 
All right, I want to wrap up just by praying over mother-daughter relationships. So, Father, I thank you for every single person sitting under the sound of my voice. Whether she is a mom or whether she has a mom or whether she is a daughter or has one, God, I just feel like you want to restore this mother-daughter relationship. I just pray right now where there's been division, you bring restoration. Where there's been conflict, you bring peace. Where there's anger and bitterness and resentment, you help us to release that in the name of Jesus. I just speak life over every single woman and blessings over her as she mothers, as she is a a wife, a friend, wherever you have her planted. Just bless her and release her. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, that's it for today. Be sure you tune in next Monday morning for our talk therapy. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.